welcome to the Wags of SEI podcast, where we discuss all things life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Our partner's spinal cord injuries is what brought us together, and our common bond as caregivers to quadriplegics is what helped us to create the advocacy group, Wags of SEI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread awareness and positivity from our unique perspective. So join us as we tackle deeper discussions around sex, travel, mental health, self-care, and finding balance as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Wags of SEI podcast. Here we go. The episode you're about to enjoy is brought to you by Anchor Medical Supplies. This company is very special to us, as it is owned and operated by a quadriplegic. His name is Paul, and his wag of SCI, Jessica. They have been married for 22 years, and they strive to provide the best service in the industry for catheters and Austin products. Anchor Medical Supplies is based in Georgia, but work with nationwide Medicare, Medicaid, and many private insurance companies, including Blue Cross and TRICARE. They work with your doctor's office to get prescriptions organized and they bill insurance directly. They ship discreetly to your door without any hassles. They are passionate about advocating for those with disabilities. And most of their staff are individuals that have been affected by paralysis themselves. Their personalized services include monthly check-ins, expert advice, and customized products. This makes them a company you can really rely on and trust. They know the SCI life and they understand how important peer support can be. If you aren't sure you want to change providers, subscribe to their monthly newsletter. Jessica curates the latest SEI news, new products, and advice so you can stay informed and connected. Just go to their website, anchormedsupplies.com, and fill out the easy form. Give Jessica and Paul a call today at 1-833-667-8669, or you can visit their website at anchormedsupplies.com and tell them the ways of SEI sent you. Welcome back to the Wags of FBI podcast with Brooke and Elena. Hi, everyone. We're coming at you remotely today because because of the isolation that's going on right now, we are actually in separate cities. Mm-hmm. So we're both in our bedrooms and we're going to make this work as best as we can because we wanted to just stay connected to you guys during all of this. Um yeah, what a crazy time, hey? I mean, <laughs> I feel like just a couple of weeks ago, we were yeah. minding our own business and living our own lives and going to our appointments, and this just kind of really hit us hard. Yeah, it's true, because, you know, no one thought that this was as serious as it is and as it is becoming, and every day it seems to just get worse and worse. Um, so Elaine and I have both been isolating for how long now? Over a week now, nine days. 10 days? Uh, yeah, honestly, I don't even know what day it is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Except for the fact tomorrow's my birthday. That's all I know. Yes. Um, tomorrow's Elena's <laughs> 25th birthday. That's right. 20, 25 years young. 25 birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think so for us personally, we are in Chilliwack, BC, which is kind of out in the country. And then you guys are what? Still at home, hey? 
Well, we're, yeah, we're, we live in a suburb called Kitsilano. Eileen and I both normally live in Kitsilano, but she's um, staying with Dan's family in Chilliwack. And it's, it is outside of the city. It's more isolated. Um, we are just in our apartment in Kitsilano and we are doing the best we can. We're not going out. My husband actually hasn't been out at all, even for a walk for the past three or four days because there's a lot more people around here and they weren't respecting the social distancing thing. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. we were, yeah, we were being stopped on the street and people are trying to pet our dog and we had to like go into the middle of the road to walk and people just weren't taking it seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, how do crazy. we, how do we even describe, uh, the area of kids for people that don't know, you know, um, kids is, it's very densely populated. Um, we live in an area where people really love to be outside in nature. We're, you know, we've got UBC there and, and, uh, we've got lots of trees. We're in a forested area. The ocean is there. So people really enjoy their time outdoors, like on the daily. Right. And we also happen to be in a city where as soon as the sun comes out for five seconds, everyone is in their shorts outside jogging. (laughs) And it's, it's just, it's unfortunate to be honest that the past two weeks has been unusually sunny. Normally it's raining in Vancouver all the time. So I'm kind of praying for rain, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to rain, I think, rest of the week. Um, Today is a sunny day. And it's it is funny, you're totally right. It's funny, because people just kind of, you know, the sun comes out, and it's like, middle of winter, and everybody has their shorts on. And, you know, they're, they're out and about in sandals, even when it's winter in Vancouver. Yeah. And it's interesting how our community is reacting to this because a lot of us um, have been isolating for way longer than most people just because of the severity of how the lungs are impacted with Mm -hmm. this virus. And I know even from some of the quad and, and para girlfriends and wives, we've gotten some messages over our platforms of them saying, what? We had no idea that you know, people, men, people with SCI, spinal cord injury, have a lower mm-hmm. immune system and mm-hmm. they don't have the same ability to fight off viruses as we do. Right. So a lot of people weren't aware of that, which is right. crazy. So that's like really important right now. Yeah, it is. Us. So Elena, um, what are you guys doing as far as isolation um, over over in Chilliwack right now? Like what precautions are you taking? Well, um, I mean, we are isolated, yes. So we happen to actually be at Dan's parents' house when all the news and everything went crazy. And um, they started having, like, the mandatory um, stay at home and don't go out if it's not necessary. So for us, we have basically, I mean, we've been, we've done all our grocery shopping. We did all our big grocery shopping. So I think we have enough groceries for, like, at least a month. So at this point, nobody is coming in or out except we're in the yard. And uh, I mean, around the block as well, people are, you know, there's there's really nobody here. Um, so when I look out the window, I literally see nobody like there. There are no neighbors out on the street or anything um, for exercise. Dan and I kind of pace around the block. So we're still doing that. But we are very cautious. Every time somebody comes in and out, they, you know, they have to remove their gloves properly, um, have a shower if they're out in a public place, wipe their shoes down, leave the shoes outside. Um, we've been washing like the floors all the time and just keeping everything really sanitary. And um, of course, yesterday I went back home actually to grab some more items and I even walked in the in my house, my apartment, and had a shower right away and kind of changed my clothes and did all that before I came back here. 
So it's, it's a crazy time right now. You know, I think that I know for myself, I've never thought that hygiene was this serious in my life. Like I'm not a dirty person. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like these extra precautionary measures that we're now taking that I think, and I hope that people keep, keep up with after the whole crisis is over. Well, I think that's one of the benefits to this happening. If there are, you know, there are some benefits, obviously. Um, but I think that's one of the big benefits is that people are really understanding how germs are transferred now and seeing the importance of, you know, wash your hands all the time. You know, mm-hmm. every time you touch a door handle, you're touching 500 other people. Um, it's crazy. Right. It's, it just gets you thinking. And I know it's not something that you should drive yourself crazy over. But in our situation with with spinal cord injured guys, I now know how preventable, you know, even the regular flu or colds are. And I think it'll be even more preventable now going forward in the future because we understand the ramifications of mm-hmm. not washing your hands, literally. And, you know, I guess yeah. I guess that's why experts say that's it's so important. It's just you don't really do it as often as you should in your in your average life. Now you do. Well, <laughs> well and you know what? Like being in the service industry, like being a server even previously to, you know, like a a few years ago, Mm -hmm. um, I, I saw how little even the servers were washing their hands. Like I hate to admit that, but people, every time I would go to wash my hands at the sink, everybody would look at me like, as if I was wasting time, like you're not, you're not moving fast enough to go run your drinks, your appies, your mains, you know? So, I mean, I hope, (laughs) I hope that maybe this is something that everybody really starts to consider. And I get it. I know the stress of being a server and having full sections and your food is up, but it's like hygiene is so important, especially when you're interacting with people so closely and, you know, now we see this, the importance of this with our partners who, who do have, um, you know, who do have pre-existing conditions and respiratory issues and spinal cord injury. Basically, it paralyzes, it paralyzes your, your lungs and your diaphragm. Like you can't breathe as clearly as you once used to because your, your area of injury is now, you know, that's affected and things just don't work the same that they used to. So... Yeah. And for people out there listening who, you know, are wondering why this is the case that we are extra concerned and extra cautious Mm -hmm. at this time, it's because when someone gets paralyzed, depending on the level of injury, and this is um, specifically for C-level quadriplegics, so pretty much everywhere from the nipple line up is what is affected when you're quadriplegic as far as sensory, as far as paralyzed muscles. And depending on the level of injury and what sort of injury you've had and what classification, there's, they're all different. But one thing that's common, uh, a commonality between everyone with a spinal cord injury that has a C-level injury is a portion or all of their lung muscles are paralyzed, which means they don't have control over them. So mm-hmm. when we're in, we were in rehab, we all joke about it, but now it's like the time to practice up on your assisted cough skills because oh my God. we have to huh. help as, as partners to injured men, we have to help them cough. And so in our right. community, getting a cough is like literally the worst thing that can happen because when your chest muscles are paralyzed, you rely on your diaphragm to breathe. But you can't cough yourself. You have to have, there's a technique called an assisted cough where you put pressure just on the, on the outside of your uh, ribs. And it's, it's very technical, but you just press down when they're coughing and it assists the cough. That being said. Well, 
I mean, you're saying press down, but it's a lot more than just pushing well, yeah. down. You have to use a lot of force and body weight on the other person's body, right? right. Like, and this scares people when they see it done. I know this freaked the the shit out of me the first time I saw it done when Dan yeah. was in ICU. You know, he would, he was he couldn't basically breathe or cough or even swallow on his own. So the nurses would run over. I don't know about you and Evan, but I think probably the same case, two nurses would run over and do assisted coughs together. So now it's like, this is the job of, of the partner with somebody who's, who's a quadriplegic or high level injury. Well, when my partner was first injured, he was a smoker. Um, and Mm. he had, he was a smoker up until his injury. And so that being said, when he was injured initially, he had so much black phlegm in his lungs that normally when you quit smoking, your body coughs it up. So he didn't actually have the ability to cough. He was he was ventilated. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when they had to assist cough him. And he was I think he was 24 hours away from getting a tracheostomy. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, they were like, listen, his lungs are so poor from his smoking. He can't cough this black phlegm up. We're doing it for him. It's It's becoming crazy. And so they did assisted coughs every 15 minutes, pretty much for 24 hours. And it prevented him from getting a tracheotomy, a a trach put in. Mm -hmm. Um, So that being said, pneumonia is one of the big issues in our community as it is. You know, our guys are very susceptible to it because they get a regular cold, they get a regular flu, and they can't cough by themselves. Therefore, fluid forms. um, Mm -hmm. And it's really difficult to get it out. And so this is why this... uh, COVID-19 coronavirus is is so scary for us because, you know, there's the susceptible population. And now they're saying that, you know, this disease is transferable even when you have no symptoms. So that's what freaks me out. Uh, <laughs> that's why we're laying yeah. low. That's why I'm laying low. We've got grocery delivery. Um, we're doing the best that we can staying inside because I don't want to pick something up and have no symptoms and then give it to to Evan, right? Yeah. That's my fear. Of of course. And you know what? A lot of our partners already have had pneumonia and have had collapsed uh, lungs, right? From spinal cord injury. And uh, so when you have a pre-existing condition and and this virus is attacking your respiratory system now, that that puts you at a higher risk too. So, And I've noticed a lot in the media that, you know, they talk about Older people, people with pre-existing conditions, they mention a lot of, you know, diabetes and just mm-hmm. heart problems. But I haven't really noticed that they've mentioned at all anyone with paralysis. I feel like, you know, we always talk about how paralysis affects, can affect everybody, regardless of how old you are, regardless of your position in life. It, it literally can affect anybody. And their paralysis is a huge thing in around the world. And I feel like they should be mentioning it more because people are avoiding doing social distancing and not respecting distancing and not isolating because they're like, ah, whatever. I don't, I don't care. I'm not old. I'm not part of the affected population. I'll be fine. But they don't realize that this community of paralysis survivors of people with spinal cord injuries, they're all different ages. They're all different health levels and people like us love them. And, you know, they're, they're threatening our partners Mm -hmm. in a way. So, I mean, it's tough. Yeah, I I mean, that's very true. And I'm, but you know what? I find that even still, like, um, spinal cord injury is still really not talked about. You hear about diabetes and you hear stats about cancer and diabetes and all these other things pretty well on the daily. I mean, it's 
people are more aware of that, whereas spinal cord injury, like this is something that there's not a whole lot of conversation or awareness around it. It's still pretty fresh. I don't know how, (laughs) but I mean, you know, like even when we started this group, WEGS of SEI, people were like, what? What's WEGS of SEI? What's spinal cord injury? Like we don't really talk about it that, that much. So I feel like not everybody can relate to it because it's so technical. It's so, there's so much science behind all of this and so many secondary conditions that come along with spinal cord injury that it's almost like a flood of information. And I think that it's it's really hard for people to wrap their heads around that, right? And I'm just, well, I'm just glad that, you know, we're talking about this and getting our perspectives out there uh, because we're always going to be there from now on. Um, even in 10 years, we're going to have our resources out there. So there'll always Mm -hmm. be these resources that weren't there before. Um, I know that there's a lot of women out there right now in our community that are freaking out. Um, there's a lot of women that are partners to quad or para that are nurses, that are care workers, that are healthcare Mm -hmm. workers that are working on the front lines and then bringing home themselves to their partners and freaking out because they don't want to transfer this to their vulnerable partners. Um, I feel like I just myself want to let everybody know that we're all in this together and we're here for you. And even if, you know, we're not in the same city, even though we're all isolated, we're still connected. And now is more important than ever to be connected virtually and there to support each other. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And I mean, huge I mean the importance of having these first responders even people who are working at the grocery stores like the there's so many people that don't have the option to isolate you know and it's a it's a pretty crazy time and I mean we know the importance of how valuable these people are to our communities who are you know they're still going to work every day and the biggest thing that they're saying is please stay home you know we we're all, like you said, in this together. But for those of us who have the option to stay home, it's like, just stay home. I know that it's probably very uncomfortable for a lot of families and a lot of people. Um, You know, this is going to be a testing time for a lot of families and for a lot of different personalities and dynamics that are within the household. And it's going to be challenging. But, you know, and a lot of people are saying, well, my kids are really bored and they're driving me crazy. And, you know, this is just this is a global emergency. You know, this is just that time that we we just got to stay home and we got to do our part to be able to support the rest of our community and flatten that curve from spreading further. It's so true. And I think we should talk about that. I really like this quote that Rebecca shared on her Instagram the other day. It says, so it turns out the most important jobs are not the bankers, the brokers or the hedge fund managers. It's the doctors, the nurses, the hospital porters, the A&E administrators, the bin men, the teachers, the carers, the supermarket shelf stackers. Who knew? It was a tweet. Yeah. It was a tweet from some business owner somewhere. Um, but I thought that mm-hmm. was really, really good because now is a time when people are really starting to mm-hmm. realize how important caregivers, nurses, people that look after people are, and how when you're literally at your lowest of lows, where you're isolating from the world. And you are forced to look at your own life and what you've prioritized and made important and who you have around you and who you don't have around you. It's a good time to look at this and say, wow, I am as a caregiver, extremely Uh important in this world. 
regardless of how I don't get paid much or I may not get paid at all. In our situation, we don't get paid at all by anyone for doing this. Mm -hmm. But we're here taking care of our partners, supporting our partners, taking over for the nurses that are out at hospitals that we normally have come in to help. And and this is for Mm -hmm. a lot of the quad and paras wives and girlfriends out there who normally have home care. The nurses Mm -hmm. aren't coming anymore because they don't want to either expose, you know, their their client to what they've been picking up or they're off at hospitals um, doing their job for others to help others. And and these women are stepping up and providing the full-time care. I mean, who else yeah. would do that? Who else would be able to do that during this time? You well, know? and that's the thing. It's an eye opener for our family as well. I mean, even us being here, staying here in Chilliwack with Dan's parents, it's, I don't, you know, it's, it, we're not here to prove a point. We're here because we feel very blessed to be able to have this option to hide away. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm still doing the bowel care, the shower, the everything. And I think that it's an eye opener of how much care somebody with a spinal cord injury does need. And it's okay. I love my partner. I would do that. We canceled our home care by choice because for me, I thought that it'd be safer for Dan to have very minimal exposure with anybody else. And he hasn't left the house. So, Yeah, I mean, you know, yesterday we got some very, you know, we got some unfortunate news. You and I, one of our biggest partners that we've even been partnered with, um, has had to let us go. And so we lost that position. And then both of us look at each other and we're kind of like, hey, like, I still have to buy catheters. I still have to buy Mm -hmm. supplies. Um, And we're the caregivers who don't get paid anything now. And we're being laid off too, like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And we already, the government doesn't see us as an important position to be caring for our partners. You know, this is, this is just a very outdated, um, it's just an outdated way of thinking. It's like, we do provide a lot of respite to the hospitals, to the very flooded hospitals with Mm -hmm. No beds, no ventilators. We are the ones here keeping our partners safe, keeping them at home, doing the work for them at home mm-hmm. by taking care of them at home with all of their medical needs to to provide that bit of respite for everybody else. And where I feel like the caregivers, like it's, I'm, I'm not talking about you and me. I'm talking about all of the caregivers, whether you're a parent with a child who needs that extra attention, who needs that extra care, that medical care with a special needs child, you know, whether you're looking after your sick grandma, it's like all of us, we are, we are the unpaid labor force that nobody seems to recognize. And it's just very sad. Once again, we're, we're coming to this topic of, you know, what the society sees as important and what they don't. And where does that come from? It's interesting. It's interesting. And it's going to be very interesting. Um, over the next few months and over the next few years, because the world is going to change and attitudes are going to change and everyone Mm -hmm. is going to be changed after this. And it's going to be interesting to see how the caregivers of the world and and the nurses and the care aides and the home care, how all of those people are appreciated more after this. I I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm hoping that it happens. I'm hoping that there's some positive change and I'm hoping there's some recognition But now more than ever is a time to make your voice heard and make your perspective heard because that brings awareness. Um, I know for Evan and I, it's, it's also interesting in the community itself of us WAGs, the awareness that's happening on another level between us. Like I know Elena and I, just for those of you who don't know, 
Alina um, has two to three hours of home care coming in for Dan in the morning. I, myself and my husband have opted out of that for six years now. Um, It's just not Mm -hmm. for us. It's a personal decision. You guys, everyone who's listening knows that it's a personal decision. Um, but now it's like, I'm used to doing this every day. And, and some of the women are like, oh my God, I don't know how um, right. women that do the care 24 seven do this. Like, I, I feel like I'm drowning. And it's interesting because it's that, there's that level of awareness within our community too, where it's just like, wow, from my perspective, I'm like, okay, well, you're being exposed to something new. And yeah, you feel like drowning at first, but then after a while, mm-hmm. you'll look back after doing this for your partner in isolation every day, you'll look back and say, wow, I'm capable of doing so much. I had no idea. And you'll be so proud of yourself. And it's just that different level of awareness within the community that is so important because sure. we'll understand each other even more. Right? Yeah. I mean, for sure. And, you know, uh, yeah, you're totally right. Like, even like you said, like we do have like two hours every morning that comes in uh, because we don't have a roll in shower. So we have a bathtub and that basically that time in the morning is huge for myself. Like I know that we're like clockwork. We have a routine. We get out of bed. I clean the house while Dan gets a shower and does his care and, you know, take care of things at home, take the dogs out, feed them, just kind of like gain some sanity. So that is huge. And, and this time, you know, I mean, that being said, being in isolation right now, I have a lot more time, right? Mm -hmm. So being able to do the care and then sit down and have a cup of coffee and just kind of pick up that routine. And I, and I think it gives us a lot more time to slow down a little bit, right? This world is very fast paced. And even reflecting back on what our life all of our lives were like just a few weeks ago, you know, I mean, you could, you could go months without hearing from somebody or talking to somebody. And now all of a sudden we have all this time to connect again and be able to sit down and have time to think, you know, Oh, I haven't talked to this family member. Maybe I'll give them a shout. Maybe I'll try to, you know, pick up a new hobby, or maybe you forgot you had hobbies because we're so conditioned by society and, you know, to kind of have this very fast paced life because money, we need money. And for a lot of people, money is more important than their physical well-being. And, um, you know, this is just a very interesting time to really re-challenge some of the notions and beliefs that we have about what is important in life and who is important in your life. Yeah, I'm also very interested. That's a really good point. I'm I'm also really interested in seeing after, you know, everyone can come out of isolation, however many months from now that is, I'm interested to see how many people's lives and perspectives will be changed forever. Um, realizing that, you know, you don't necessarily have to go, go, go like the Energizer Bunny all day long every day and how stressful that is on your body. Um, I mean, I've noticed myself and I was talking to you, Elena, about this the other day is I I keep saying this is this is Italy life. And Mm -hmm. for those of you don't know, my husband and I in 2018, we packed up everything, rented out our place and we went to live in Tuscany for three months. Now, um, during that time, and I'm sure everybody who has been to Italy can probably attest to this for, for a longer period of time that you pretty much can eat whatever you want and drink whatever you want and you lose weight. You don't gain weight. My partner was feeling so great. He actually lost some weight. So did I. We felt like our best selves. And it's not because of the food or the fact that you're on vacation. It's the fact that you're under mm-hmm. no stress. You you don't have the daily stress that you have and the pressures that are put on you and your mind and your body 
in your quote, regular life. And so I was saying to Elena, I was like, I was saying to you, Elena, I was like, this feels exactly like Italy life where you really have nowhere to go, nowhere to be. Mm -hmm. You sit around, have a cocktail at three. No one's judging you. (laughs) You make your dinner, you sit around and you have that personal connection to one another where you can chat and you can, you don't have those pressures of everyday life. And so I'm really interested to see after all this is said and done, how that affects society in general and how many people are mm-hmm. like, wow, this is an opportunity, right? Well, and I mean, there's two things about that too. Yeah, no, totally good point. It's, I'm going to totally, I mean, I'll be honest. I sit down at three o'clock and have like a soda or a tea or or a cocktail and just kind of really enjoy, just be in the moment and enjoy, enjoy the sun. But I also wake up a lot earlier and get a lot more work done during the day um, from, from just, you know, being able to, A, there's no travel to and from work. You can work from your computer. Mm-hmm. Also, this social distancing between people, I'm hoping that it's going to bring out some a new kind of movement where we go the opposite of comparing ourselves to everybody else. Because right now what we were doing is we were so quickly running through our lives and uh, seeing everybody each day. And with, with that interaction of all these people that you don't know comes judgment and assumptions and opinions. And we're always comparing, right. We're always Mm -hmm. so quick to compare. So the buying power within the household as well, that goes up too, because, if you have money and you see Susie has the the new coolest thing, then you're, you know, you're going to maybe be tempted to get that. And the comparison comes into that. So I'm hoping this goes, you know, the opposite direction because we are sitting at home now with our families and our loved ones. And we're not seeing um, our, you know, friends and neighbors or whatever, and not being able to have a whole lot of discussion. And, you know, um, also the access to purchasing things right now is put on hold a little bit that maybe this will kind of give us a little bit of a realization about what really matters and, what doesn't right and I mean totally. that even that even goes for grocery shopping right now it's like you know I know for a while there people went crazy and started buying up all the toilet paper and all this stuff but now I, I kind of like that where it's like only go out if it's necessary do you really need that you know it's like you don't have to be cooking these crazy elaborate meals every single night you don't maybe you don't need to go out and buy that certain food item right you're Mm -hmm. kind of like really working within your means within the this what you have at home Mm -hmm. and getting creative and uh for us having lots of conversations about getting creative with what we have and and uh yeah it's it's kind of an interesting time yeah I I I agree I and there's going to be less food waste in general I mean the farmers are working overtime right now to provide us with food and you know people are using up all their food in their fridges and you know it's it's going to mm-hmm. be the ramifications of this are going to be very very I keep saying interesting I'm hoping they're going to be very cool <laughs> but well, that's just me being yeah. like oh I hope that things are going to be alright but to be honest everything is going to be alright and everything is exactly how it should be right now that's my belief anyways so and don't you Like, don't you find it interesting how, again, going back to that kind of like vanity piece about comparison and judging each other and having to look a certain way and do certain things. I find it really interesting how the services, like the personal services are completely cut off. So Mm -hmm. it's like, no, I can't get my hair dyed. No, I can't. I just chipped my tooth the other day. No, I can't go to the dentist to get it fixed. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I can't go to the nail salon. Nobody's going out to grab Botox right now. (laughs) Right. It's like nobody's getting their eyelashes done, their nails done no fake tanning or whatever and like no 
the gym is closed. So it's like, now we have to kind of go back to get some exercise outside. So all of that is really interesting. And then of course, going back to what you're saying about the farmers, it's like the, the farmers are making money. The, you know, the dairy farmers are here in Chilliwack. We've got, um, all the farms are working really, really hard. And then again, the luxury of going out to eat at a restaurant that's being cut off as well. So we're kind of almost going back to like a very cool time where it's like, we're just really, minimalizing what we're spending our money on. Right. And our income is cut off. So it's like, we're being more cautious with what we're actually spending our money on. So for me, from that point, I mean, yes, it's very sad to see all these services being cut off for the people who are employed in those services. Right. We, we know lots of them. We know lots of, lots of people that are cut off from being, you know, a hairdresser or, or running a restaurant or serving or the, you know, the teachers are closed down as well. And, uh, we're going back to like the real basic needs of what, why we really need to survive and live. And, you know, like if anyone can understand what it's like to live paycheck to paycheck, it's us. I mean, I was, a server, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was a server and a student for 11 years and I lived literally shift to shift, not paycheck to paycheck, shift to shift. So the people that I know in the service industry still, I, my heart goes out to them. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that as terrible as this is for people that have lost their income, something good is going to come of this. I know, I know something good is going to come of this, but it's so tough. It's not, it doesn't change the fact that these people are struggling right now. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, again, this is just banter going back and forth. Like our opinions are our own just for whoever is listening. We're not saying that what's happening is a good thing. We're just saying that, you know, trying to find the little bit of silver lining right now um, as as it stands, as we're all put on hold. We're at home with our thoughts, with uh, with, you know, just a different perspective on life, I think. Um, and who knows where this will go, but we're just hoping that everybody stays safe and really takes precautions and does what, what is necessary by staying home. And just really, we are all connected and we all have to work very hard at this to, to really, you know, flatten that curve, get rid of this. And so we can read, rejoin society. But, uh, you know, I was also thinking how, even every time I think like I kind of compare what's happening right now to Dan's accident and how isolated our community can feel and has felt, especially if you're the pre-injury wag where you've had, you know, you've had your partner able-bodied and then not. Um, We know the difference, very, very real difference of what it feels like to be isolated and fearful and uncertain. And, um, you know, I compare it to that quite often because I feel like we're kind of back at that place now. And the one difference with all of this is that everybody is experiencing this now. So, you know, we can all at some point in our lives when we move on and this is over, all look back and, you know, kind of hold each other and be like, holy crap, that was crazy. That was scary. You were there and you were there and you were there and you were there and we were all in it together and be able to kind of hopefully have find some sort of unity within that and some sort of support within that. Yeah. And and on that that topic, um, Rebecca, one of our social ambassadors from California, she actually direct messaged us a little while ago about this exact thing. She's like, it's interesting this time right now because my partner, who's a quadriplegic, 
you know, 16 years ago or however long he's been injured for, he had to completely reassess his life and be isolated from everyone and everything that he knew. And he had to figure out from the ground up how to make yourself content and happy with Mm -hmm. almost nothing, nothing physical. And so she's like, it's interesting to me now that, you know, people in the real world that aren't injured, that don't have spinal cord injuries, they're, they're at that place now where Mm -hmm. they have to, sit in silence and assess their lives and say, Hmm, am I happy with this? Am I not happy with this? What am I going to do to calm my anxiety? How am I going to assess those things and kind of like almost like rebuild yourself. So a lot of our guys have experienced this too. I know my husband, he had to rebuild himself from the ground up and it took years. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Like we've all gone through that where it's like, you're isolated. You're, you know, like you were saying, Elena, we're all used to this. Um, but I feel like it's, again, anyone who knows me, who's read my writings for Reeve and, you know, has seen my tattoo and I'm very into like the stoic, the stoics mm-hmm. writings. And, you know, it's, it's interesting for, for any of you out there who are interested in some inspiration, the stoics believe that every situation that happens to you is supposed to happen to you to make you a better person and to help you to find your best self if you allow it. And so that's why, you know, some I talk about this a lot and I, I do have this attitude where I believe that regardless of what happens, regardless of what your situation is or how anxious you are, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for self-growth. It's an op- mm-hmm. opportunity to enhance your relationship. It's an opportunity to work on yourself and not waste your precious time that's been given to you right now without really any responsibilities except caring for your partner. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. And you know what? It's really funny because (laughs) Dan and I, like we've, as I've been very open about this, we've had some challenges in our relationship, I think, like everybody has, but of course, um, um, Dan and I have never gotten along better. Like we we get along. We actually, we're pretty happy just kind of let's go for a wheel around the block together. Or that's just, Hey, it's three o'clock. Do you want to come sit outside with me? Or, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's more because we, we do have pretty fast paced lives. Dan's mm-hmm. a student and he's going into the rec therapy program. So he's just plowing away at that. And just also watching how, both of us are dealing with all of this I think is it's pretty inspiring sometimes when you look at your partner and I and I say this to everybody like just look at the way your partner and the people you love are dealing with what's going on and how how they're handling it because that's you're gonna see some true colors right and I'm hoping for the majority of us those are positive things and and we're all in it together we're gonna get through it and yeah so we wanted to hop on real quick and say chat that. about the current chat about the current situation <laughs> yeah and say that we're gonna be okay and we'll get through it right Brooke yeah and you know there's a lot of you that are listening um remotely obviously right now more than ever but there's also a lot of you that live in remote places as it is um so we just want you guys to know that we're here for you um we've actually started something new with WAGS this week we are doing our first very first um mm-hmm. virtual meetup so we're doing it on zoom 
and we're doing it actually all weekend because we had we put out a post on Instagram and on our private group um, yesterday and we got an overwhelming response Mm -hmm. from women. So we're doing three days to start Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three o'clock for a half hour video conference with six of your WAG sisters, six to eight of your WAG sisters at one time. And -hmm. we're going to chat positively positively answer questions, be there for one another virtually, and just kind of enforce that sense of community that is so, so vital and important right now. Yes, especially for our caregivers who are really pulling some strings here to get things done for their partners and themselves. And of course, it's 100% free. We are here for you guys. We are really excited to kind of launch this new initiative and we can't wait to see you all there. Yeah, and we're going to be doing that, um, I think, once weekly going forward, and we mm-hmm. hope to expand upon it because, you know, Elena and I both know there's not a lot of us in Vancouver, um, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> so it's going to be great to reach out and get to know everybody and have people get to know us a little bit more and just connect that way, and it's going to be very cool, and some of the relationships mm-hmm. that are going to be formed during this time are going to be like friendships of a lifetime, and yeah, that's 100%. really excited. Exciting. Yeah, 100%. So thanks so much for listening to the Wags of SCI podcast with Elena and Brooke. So stay tuned. And if you have any more questions, please feel free to contact both of us at wagsofsei at gmail.com or our Instagram handle, wagsofsei on Instagram. And if you're interested in connecting with us over Zoom, you can also email us anytime. Bye. Bye. The advocacy and outreach group WAGS of SCI is currently a volunteer-based operation. We raise funds year-round to pay for date nights for our couples, essential medical supplies that our members may not be able to afford, mental health support for our WAGS including counseling, and our amazing meetups led by our volunteer ambassadors around the globe. If you feel called to support our mission, please visit our website wagsofsci.com or donate directly to the Wags of SCI GoFundMe page. We thank you for your support to help make this group possible and make a difference in the lives of SCI couples worldwide.